I am unashamed. What about you? So, Dad, you had um, <clears throat> you had something that I haven't heard of before. You had uh, a two homeless people got married. Yep. At your house. Yep. This past weekend. So, tell us about that. That's that doesn't happen every day. Well. Uh, we've been working with the homeless. It's not like we said, let's go work with the homeless. We just, we got a little structure there on the side of the road. I show up once a week, no charge, and uh, point people to Jesus. And homeless people showed up. Homeless people showed up. I said, well, Miss Kay. You I think said, it's because you look homeless? Is that the draw? <laughs> I think they thought I was one of the boys. Yeah, because you, you had know. you had the story before where the two gals showed up and you told them you were Jim Smith and uh, they didn't think you were preacher material. You didn't quite have the look that they were anticipating. So they came they- to me and said, "Is this a real church?" <laughs> I said, "It's as real as you've ever seen." And they said, "Well, where's the preacher?" I said, "Oh, he's around there somewhere." <laughs> they said, "Well, who are you?" I said. Jim Smith, good to meet y'all. They said, Jim, it's good to see you. I said, it's good to see you girls. I said, there's a couple of girls, you know, they were in their 20s. So amazingly, that's how the conversation began. But after the lesson, they both turned their lives over and gave it it to them. So old Jim Jim broke through. That's good. They, They were, basically, they were saying you usually can spot the preacher. Yep. But they didn't spot you. Just look around. But they looked around and they said, no, there's some guy. There's some look like he'd been drunk all night. There's some old guy with whiskers like he crawled out of the, crawled out of the woods or something. So, so the well, two homeless people got married. Uh, they got married. As soon as we got under the, the altar, which is kind of like a, it's a viney bush that somebody put there and they cut a hole in it and you walk through it. <laughs> we got under the, that. Somebody had, had tied This some, is in your yard? In my yard. Okay. And some of them tied some flowers up there, you know. Mm-hmm. All were invited. John provided uh, my nephew, John Gimber. He uh, provided the food. The feast. This was all you could eat for nothing. What did y'all eat? Well, you had a little chicken tenders, and they had a little ham and cheese sandwiches, you know, kind of like. Finger snacks. Heavy hors d'oeuvres. Somebody, your, your daughter, uh. Uh, made a wedding cake, cake. made yeah. a wedding cake. Yeah, she's a pastry, and chef. that was the centerpiece. Yep, and and they got on that. And, <laughs> they, they they ate that. Dad, Dad managed to offend Alex. She said, "Dad ate the cake, a piece of the cake." Mom gave him a bite, and he said, "Well, that's good." He said, "Who made that?" And she said, "Your granddaughter made that." And he said, "I didn't know she had it in her." <laughs> <laughs> and Alice was like, "She's like, I'm a pastry chef. I do wedding cakes all the time." Yeah, well, I didn't. You know, when they said daughters, I thought Nan, and I said Nan. I don't know about that. <laughs> Other daughter. But anyway, the thing uh, a dog fight ensued. Somebody pulled up one of the <laughs> wedding guests, and he and uh, he had two. Or she, who, I didn't know who it was, but had two pit bulls <laughs> in the back seat of the, the rig. And the window was rolled down, you know, just where the dog could get his snout out there. He couldn't get his head out, but he needed to get out there. So about the time I said, we're gathered here today in the great state of Louisiana to unite these two of it. 
And, <laughs> and the dogs drowned me out. So I thought, well, okay. I said, well, ladies and gentlemen, <clears throat> we have a little little ruckus going on in our yard. <laughs> so give us a little time here. I said, Bobo, get out of there. <clears throat> so you know how you holler at your dogs. We had sneaky. So Bobo was after the. <laughs> we had sneaky, freaky, and Bobo. All three of them, they're, Miss Kay loves those dogs. Even one of them tried her, tried to bite her lips off. She still loves him. So they're out there in the yard acting like they're fixing to hurt these, these dogs, these pit bulls. My thinking was, if those pit bulls somehow get out of that vehicle, we're going to have dead dogs scattered all over this yard because my dogs, they're, 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 this is the wrong bunch to fool with. It's the wrong weight class. Oh, what are you talking about? I said, they're going to lose this one. I said, so I went over toward them hollering, you know, with everybody, the wedding guests were all looking around like, what in the world have we got ourselves into? Well, we locked up the dogs in the house so they couldn't get outside. So they're just basically in there hollering, you know. So I got somebody in there, went in there, some young buck. I said, go in there and keep them dogs quiet. Try to get them a little dog food, give them something to eat. So that calmed that down. <clears throat> Then I married the homeless couple. We we so what is the what what we gave them so, some uh, so let's some cash <clears throat> so they could uh, rent a motel, which because because they're homeless. You know, well, this well, is this story is getting hard for me to wrap my. What head I'm around. saying is, what do you what do you, you don't want your honeymoon <laughs> taking place under a bypass? You, you need to. Yeah. Have, so we thought out of generosity, said yeah. good. let's let's get a roof over them. Yeah. And and uh. Oh, I know them well. I mean, I baptized both of them, so they are sons and daughters of God. And for everybody out there that's saying, oh, I'm homeless, look, you know, look, they're human beings. Yep. Jesus said the poor and the downtrodden will always be with us. Reach out to them. You help them. And when if two of them say we're fixed to get married, well, we're fixing to have a marriage ceremony. Yep. So what a better place to do it than out under the big oak trees down on the river. Well, Everybody could, had we had plenty of grub. Yeah, they were married. I, I'm not a like a what you call it. I, I don't know all the verses they always come ordained. I basically said he is. He is I said, legal. Henry, you love that you love that woman. He said, Yeah. I said, She's fixing to be yours. I want you to be good to her here. And I read from from Peter saying they the women of old. You know the, the, they need to be. So when I got to her, I said, You need to be like Sarah. I think you should have started with this verse that I, this popped into my head. You ready? I mean, we can't nothing we can do about it now, but this <laughs> may catch on marrying the homeless. Uh, this was, this is Matthew eight, eighteen. Jesus saw the crowd around him. He gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. A teacher of the law came to him and said, "Teacher, I'll follow you wherever you go." And Jesus replied, "Boxes have holes." And birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He understood what homeless was. He was homeless. So did the Apostle Paul. Ministry. Yeah. He said at times he they they were homeless. Yeah. He was actually saying, if you want to follow me, you might ought to realize I don't have a house. I'm I'm homeless. <laughs> That's right. We don't hold it against someone who says, for whatever reason, and there's ten thousand different reasons how you end up on the street. We just love them. We provide food for them. 
we marry them if they request it. I, I, I wasn't there between being some kind of marriage counselor. I tell you what, yeah. now you're going to marry. Yeah, well, and speaking and, of, and, I need some of And that. let me mention that, by the way, because I know how Unashamed Nation is. The requests are fixing to start rolling in for dad to do your wedding. Yep. Dad's not in the wedding business. This is a unique no. situation of people he's working with. I know some of you are already getting ready to send me that note and say, I won't fail to for marry. For all the listeners, just think about it. <laughs> so you get hundreds of people, if not thousands, requesting that I marry them. Just think about what my life would turn into. I'm, I'm happy for you, Marion. Great. But get somebody that's... Find you somewhere, somebody nearby. I proclaim Tie the gospel, up. and I rarely do I marry someone. And somebody went up there. I didn't, but somebody went up there and said, how do you become a licensed preacher? And they told them, and they said, well, I got a guy. He's a preacher, but he's never been here. It doesn't take much in Louisiana. You just have to sign a book, I have to say. You That's don't even right. have to show credentials. I, I do want to say one thing, though. The the person that brought the pit bulls, I'm not sure what the wedding protocol is. For I've been to a lot of weddings. I've never yeah. taken my dogs to the wedding. Oh. I just I thought that was kind of a – I mean, maybe in the future on the invitations, the wedding we'll have proto- to say, please leave your pit bulls The wedding home. protocol was <laughs> – However you can get here, the best you can. And dogs are welcome. We don't care what you bring with you. You want to hear something ironic? Leave your firearms at home. So I have a, I have a wedding venue, a bed and breakfast place. My wife fixed it up. I've metal, That's where I got into metal Oh, that's detecting. right. I forgot. Well, somebody, since it's out in the middle of nowhere... Dropped a pit bull off there in the last couple of weeks. Speaking, Speaking of, pit, of pit bull, that's what I'm saying. At a wedding venue, well, the you know the people I have working for me, they're like, they took the dog in to when they're out there, they like feed him and yep. <coughs> it's a pit bull. And so Missy, she doesn't really like animals. I mean, she 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 loves me, and I'm in the animal outdoor world, but that's like my department. So she's like, there's a pit bull out there. And every dog that you have at your house, I would call a pit bull snack. Oh, yeah. Th- they wouldn't even be, it's a snack. I or, mean, it's- or dirt. Well, I, I reminded the, I reminded yeah. our guest, I said, now listen, I said, before they fancied all these weddings and made them into just uh, events, I said, just think about this. You, 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 you come from Europe. And you begin to migrate across a wilderness. Mm -hmm. Covered wagons. Somebody's been through there before. He's trying to help you. Pathfinders, maybe. You're fighting Indians. You're trying to scrap to get things to whatever you can kill or catch to eat. I said, well, during all of that, I said, there were young people who said, we want to get married. Well, you're in a wagon train. You're heading west. You're fighting the elements. Somebody walked out there with yeah. some kind of religious background. There wasn't any divinity schools and all that. Yeah. There was no law. There was there's no law. Sign your name right here. You know, no. There's the law's not even there yet. We're just going. We don't know where we're going, but you know, we're going to California, whatever. But you start across the Great Plains in a wagon train. Well, what about the ones who wanted to get married? Well, somebody went out there and did about like we did. Mm-hmm. They just kind of yeah. gathered up, and they had a little feed best they could. And somebody got up and spoke a few words about God. He's the one I started with. 
Genesis over and the, where God made a male and female for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, you know, be united to his wife and the, and the two will become one. You know, therefore, let Jesus said, don't separate what God has joined together. It's a serious thing. Right. Marriage is. So basically we did it about like they would have done it in 1750. Well, at one time it was the church. <clears throat> it was the church. And I say that in the macro sense, their responsibility to marry people. That's the, right. The state was never involved in that, that process is correct. for most of human history. That's all started fairly recently in the Western world that yep. the state gave up. The, my problem is I, I think one day we're going to have to reset because the more the state gets involved and starts changing the rules of things, the more they're going to start telling you, the church, dictating who who can get married, who can't get married. And then men start marrying men. Right, and women, then you women. get into all that. So I, I think that I think we're going to wind up with a reset somewhere down the road. Is what I figure. I basically told the two that were married, I said, y'all are doing this right. You're doing this right. You're making not but two vows you make. Jesus is Lord. Y'all have already done that. And this is, I'll take this woman or I'll take this man to have and to hold for better or worse, sickness and health till death. I said, take that very seriously because you don't want to fool with it. Which Jay said something interesting before we started rolling, which I I think what you're doing, you and mom proves the point of what Jace was talking about, that we see homelessness as as a problem and a crisis. And in some ways it is in America, especially in big cities. But really, the the solution to homelessness is not just a home. The solution to homelessness is a changed person. That's right. That understands something they didn't know before. And so, what you guys did, you introduced Jesus to them. They got it. They had been sleeping together, you know, outside of wedlock, and they yeah. looked at it and said, "You know, that's not what God wants for us. We want to get married." That's correct. They don't have a home. But they wanted to do the right thing in God's eyes. To me, that's really what the solution, Jason, the whole thing. And, and, well, and not, you know. they, they're characterized a lot of time as a group being uh, either mentally ill or off their rocker. But and you'll be are. surprised that, that uh, uh, they're just human beings. Yeah. So, you know, I, get we, we look past all this uh, jargon that you hear from right. the government and all this stuff. We saying, just look yeah. past they all that. They try for the one, one a, size fits all. Hang on, Jason, let's take a break before we do that. I know we haven't talked about this before, but there are people out there who really, really, really want to steal your home. They're there, Jace. You don't see them, but they're there. If that sounds crazy, you need to understand the modern era, cyber criminals have found a way to steal just about anything that you have, including your home. What they do is they go and they search to find high equity homes. And when they find them, then they go in and they steal your title. They forge your signature stating that you sold your home and then they take out loans against your equity. You're not covered by insurance. You're not covered by banks or even common identity theft programs. They're just not equipped to be able to handle this. So you need something that's going to keep your home safe. You need to protect your most valuable asset. Register your home right now to see if you're not already a victim and receive a complete title history of your home. That's a hundred dollar value that you get for free by going there today. Go to hometitlelock.com. That's hometitlelock.com. Hundred dollar value. Make sure you still own your home and protect it. I'm gonna tap into my my hmm files. 
in my brain. I got these tucked See, if away. we had segments on here, we'd say, Jace's hmm files. Well, here that we could, go. Let's start be, a new segment. That could segment. be dangerous. <laughs> no, we're doing it. This, Jace's these, hmm files. These hmm files are usually formed at around 1 to 2 o'clock in the morning <laughs> oh, yeah. when I'm studying my Bible, <laughs> yeah. listening to worship music. So I'm going to give it to you. I've ha- I haven't shared this with anybody. I mean, no one. But I've I've often thought about it since I had the hmm moment. And this is Hebrews 3. Uh, y'all brought it up because this idea of being homeless, Jesus being homeless. So verse 1 says, now this is going to make you go, hmm. So are y'all going to play the game? Things that make you go, hmm. Mm-hmm. Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus. So when I was reading this, I was fixing my thoughts on Jesus, yep. as this verse says. So when you think about what Jesus is like, I mean, just give me a few, play along, give me a few thoughts on what Jesus, when you fix your thoughts on Jesus, what, give me a few few of those thoughts. Just Well, I think one of the images is probably him on a cross. Yep. I would think. That's a good one. Serving others. Serving yep. others. Teaching. I, I see him kind of on a hillside with people down below right. him. Well, here's my, hmm. He also was a carpenter. He became a man, and he was a carpenter. What do carpenters do? They build stuff. They build stuff. So, hmm. So just follow along. I told you this was a hmm moment. So fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest whom we confess. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all God's house. Because a lot of these because of their Jewish history, have put their faith and trust in Moses, who was basically preparing the way eventually, as others did, to Jesus. But so when Jesus comes along, there's still these sect of people putting their trust in Moses. Right. And Jesus is like, "Hey, I'm I, Moses was successful because of me. Right? He's more, you know, superior. In fact, my little title up here says Jesus greater than Moses." So just to give you the context, but, but watch what he says. He was faithful to the one who appointed him just as Moses was faithful in all. And we got this phrase here, God's house. So Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses, just as the builder. That's why I brought up that Jesus was a carpenter. And what does he do? Builds things. Even though he was homeless. From the, from the floor up. Yeah. Yeah, I think y'all see where I'm going with this. Builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. Mm-hmm. The builder, well, so now I'm not surprised why Jesus is a carpenter because of these next two verses. For every house is built by someone. Duh. No, it doesn't say duh, but for every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. That's why I'm not surprised that Jesus is a carpenter. I keep going back to that. Mm-hmm. But he was homeless, which only God would come up with a plan like this to illustrate. He didn't what, have his own house. <laughs> he didn't have his own house, but he built them. So watch what it says. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house. Of course, they had a house of worship, an actual temple, and house re- of and God. A, and really a structured uh, undertaking yeah. was well, a structure. So why is Jesus greater than Moses? Because 
we're talking about a physical house in Moses's day. We're talking about a spiritual house here because he gets to that. But watch, watch who the house is. This is amazing. So Moses was faithful as a servant, verse 5, in all God's house, testifying to what would be said in the future. That's why he's pointing to Jesus mm-hmm. here. But Christ, the carpenter, the God in human form, is faithful as a son over God's house. You're like, well, what house is he talking about? He's not talking about a physical structure. Well, the next sentence or phrase explains it. And we are his house if we hold on to our courage and the hope of which we boast. A wonderful text. I think it's a hmm. It is. When you just look at it from that perspective of the house, of what he was a he was a carpenter, but he was homeless. And well, what was he here to do? He was here to build a house which would be become us, and we house the homeless son of God in us. That's why he was homeless, because yeah. we're housing him. And he lives here. Right. And that's why we reach out to the homeless, because they become part of the house. Yeah. And which is interesting, because you see the pictures painted later of Christ as a cornerstone, <clears throat> meaning that everything is built off of him, the plum. Yep. But then also the Bible says that it becomes a stumbling block to those who don't trust in him. So they trip over the very thing that can save them. And then yeah. the, and it's, and it lays out, it said the foundation of the house is the apostles. And then since that point in time, everybody that's been built up. So the house, Jesus is still being built. It's a house yep. of people. It's a house yep. of people. Yep. And it will be built until it's finished, which means he'll it's come It's not back. like a house of cards where you're thumping it. Cause this is held together by a supernatural force. Yep. The creator of the universe. I don't know. That was a hmm moment. Hmm. All right. Do you want me to give uh, the counseling section? Yep. I said I need marriage counseling. This yep. is weird. Y'all brought all this up because I've been married. Now here you y'all had a wedding. I've been married over thirty years, and just to an amazing daughter of the Almighty. I mean, I wake up every day thinking, "Wow." So last night, I'm. Thinking about what I'm waiting for supper because I looked around, my wife wasn't home and it was getting late. It was getting toward dark. And I knew she was working out at at our bed and breakfast place, shipping out stuff. They they you know, you can order stuff and clothes and different things. So it's there's a little business there. So she's working late with the pit bull. So it's but, a little but, bit a little bit more formal than what we did on the river. Yeah, right. And you were like and, the Santana song. Your house was dark and your pots were cold. Remember that? Exactly. You know where I'm headed with this. So I'm like, well. She was running around with Gene and Joan and who knows who. So I call her. I call her and I'm like, uh, I didn't want to say, hey, you know, what are you cooking or whatever. I wasn't pulling that. I was just just checking on you. She, she tells me the pit bulls out there. She's trying to get the animal control to get the oh, pit bull or whatever. Okay. And she's working and. So I'm like 20 minutes from here. I mean, it was almost seven o'clock and I thought, you know what? Okay. I was like, well, good. I'll see you when you get home. So I go out to Willie's pond. I sneak over there. I got my Jeep pole, you know, I thought I'm, I'm going to I'm, looking, looking for supper again. I, I, I'm going for supper. Well, I catch three crappie, no embellishment that are over two pounds. Monsters. 
I actually caught an eight-pound bass also, but I threw him back on a jig pole, which good, that took 20 call. minutes. Yeah. Good call. So the and declaration so, from a year ago that that fish there were no fish left in that pond apparently is not true. You keep proving them wrong. This doesn't get out, you know, because <laughs> I mean I'm talking just wall hanger crappie, too big to fry. So I thought it's perfect. She likes black and crappie, and uh, and, it, and this was I really I had no you know there was I wasn't thinking about the after party or anything. I thought she had a long day. She's had to work beside so you weren't, weren't chumming her up. Jeez. I weren't no chum involved. I <laughs> yeah. thought, you know what? I'm I'm you think this story It's okay to chum up. Well, moment. it sounds like it's all going great. I have a feeling it's gonna take a turn at some point. Yeah. One of the worst things. <laughs> this is one watch. of the worst <laughs> nights ever. I'm gonna tell you what happened. I can so, tell because when Jay starts out this rosy, this thing is gonna take I'm a ner- sad turn. I'm nervous about telling this story because if she listens to this, this is probably I'm going to need some counseling, but I'm going with so it. So this is past your first hmm moment. Yeah, this, this, is, a, is, this is a hmm. This is just no sound. You're just looking dumbfounded. What I'm fixed <laughs> to share with you is just, I was just dumbfounded. Jason's so dumbfounded moments. I, hang on, hang on, Jason. Let's take another break. <laughs> I catch the three crappie. I come over. I clean them. Well, after I get the fish clean, I let my dog out. Now, now it's dark now. It's we're, it's 8, 8 o'clock. So I go in, and and she's on the couch, you know, like tired, I can tell. Just whew, long day. Been a day. Been a day. There's no pots so, and pans rattling. Nope, nothing. So I thought, perfect. Because we didn't discuss supper or whatever. So I go in there. I baked some potatoes. I took some... Uh, I, I heated up the griddle. I took a little olive oil, butter. So I'm cooking now. I blacken these huge crappie, but they're fresh. I mean, they were alive literally 10 minutes ago. Mm-hmm. Only way to eat them. Delicious. A little, little butter, a little olive oil. We were on the griddle. I put some green beans on the griddle too. You know, put a little black pepper. So that kind of it's it's like a it's it's a, a blackened crappie over over the beans, and I got a couple of baked potatoes there. So I fix a plate for her. I figure you're smelling this. I'm about fifteen feet, twenty feet away, and uh, she's like, "What are you doing?" I said, "Look at this." I mean, it, I had it looking. About like you, you had a, see, you had a presentation. I could have sold that to someone for a hundred dollars, I believe. Yeah, the chefs call that the presentation. She said, "I'm eating only vegetables. I've been doing that for three days. No crappie allowed." I in that moment, I thought, "Why? You weigh a hundred pounds." <laughs> You, I actually said, I said, you look like a supermodel. Why would you be doing that? Remember, and she's like, Jace, it, it, I've just made a commitment or whatever she Are you taking this woman for better or worse? <laughs> to have and to hold. So and and to hold. I'm like. In times of trouble. But I caught with vegetables these. Only. I'm, I was thinking in my mind. And so finally I just said, I, I didn't know what to say. So I said, Okay. So your I, spirit's crushed, but you're not. I'm like you're not getting homicidal about it. Well, I was hot because I'm like, just whatever you you know this yoga induced. <laughs> let's eat some vegetables. 
for whatever reason. To, I mean, look, it could have been a very spiritual fast or to something. Back she does off, that. To back off of, of crappie. Gr- Especially blackened. Blackened crappie. I have to gone back out, out of there. used a special set of skills. <laughs> created, cooked, here. With love, <laughs> and it's no. But the, your mother, if I walked in and pulled that same stunt, I don't care if it's one o'clock in the morning. I pull in and I said, "Check this out." Mm. She would say something like, "Yummy." Yeah, and you know, <laughs> right? But she's a she's a squatty body, little squatty body. <laughs> well, so, I think I think she had just said that you got a hundred pounds with this and here a little bit <laughs> yeah. more. Your mother is a little bit more than you. But they don't turn down black Ooh, and crap. Here's well, the second. I hope neither one of them listens to this. Part. So they were so good. I had to eat the entire because I'm like, what am I? Yeah, to eat it all. I I (laughs) ate enough for two. Well, now I'm just I'm laid on the couch, miserable, because I mean I that's a lot of crappy. That was a lot of crappy, and I I felt like they can't go to waste. So she comes in about an hour later and says, and and actually apologize, and I was like, what for? I mean, because I'm I'm like what. And she's like, well, because that was really nice of you to do. So she wanted yeah, to recognize After effort. she turned yeah. it down, I'm sorry I turned it down. Yeah, and she's like, I, I, you know, it's hard when you make a commitment to stick with it, and that was just an overwhelming temptation. And I would imagine. I'm like, well, there's no, th- it, was, it was blackened. It, it was, and she's like, well, it wasn't about that, but I just made a commitment, and I was going to stick to it. So I was like. Okay, well, then I felt really horrible because now I'm like, okay, I tried to be nice. <laughs> but, and really, I think the part that I didn't understand was I should have somehow or another, she was thinking that I would have known she was only eating. Well, that was out the point I was going to make. It seems like to me that she said three days ago, and she probably told you that. I'm sure she did. And she that- said, I'm going to eat vegetables for something. But when I heard that, <laughs> Something in my brain <laughs> shut off, shut down. <laughs> if only she could have been a pescatarian, I was, then she could have eaten the fish think, and the vegetable. I think when she said that, I probably thought you need to eat some butter-soaked bacon <laughs> right now, and and just get let, it. Let's just for, get it over with. Let's forget this conversation <laughs> happened. It took me about 70 years, but after 70 years, I still go back to the same statement there, Al. When God made a woman, he made a very strange creature. That he did. That's all I got to say. They're strange creatures. And they come. I, 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 I would never say, yeah, I understand these girls. No. Yeah, I, I didn't. I just, I've never felt so just lost. I was like. But actually, I see a lot of highlights from your story because one, is that you served your wife? That's very. That's a great thing. Well, I think that's why I well, got so he there. did it right. His he did right. He he said, "Well, I'm gonna eat it all." And and just, and, and she and realized she realized that she had rejected that and said, "You know, I recognize that, which is good." And then also she made a commitment. She held to it. So I mean, there was a lot of real positives about the story. But well, just, I'm feeling better about it. Yeah, I, guess. I, I was like, "What in the world is going?" <laughs> well, at least it never got to the okay. I'm out of here. Jump, you know. Argument. That's what I'm saying. Too. It would have been terrible had they had a knockdown. No, yeah, there was drag. no knockdown. Dra- there was a little snap at the. Yeah. I'm not eating that, and I was like, "What? What's wrong with you?" 
You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's what I said. So, what? I guess since we're telling marriage stories, yeah. I, so I did, I, I had to apologize last week because I don't usually, I'm very low on the snap scale, but so I, the girls were up, we were watching a movie and it's late. Lisa's back there reading. I thought she was asleep. It's midnight, but you know, kids are still out of school. Me and my oldest two granddaughters were watching a movie and she comes in there and like, you know, what are y'all doing? It's time to go to bed. That TV's too loud. Just kind of, you know, chewed us out. Snappy. Yeah. And then just went back to the bedrooms. I looked at the girls, you know, I never made a move. We we finished watching the movie. So I go get in the bed and she's reading. I didn't say anything, but I'm a little bit hot, you know, because it's like, so she's reading. So I turn my light off. I'm trying to go to sleep. Well, she just keeps reading with the light on. And that just did not set well with me because I thought, you just went in there and tried to shut our party down, but now you're just going back here. Now it's time to go to sleep. So I just snapped. I was like, are you really going to just leave the light on after you came in there and just chewed us out? And it shocked her, you know, because yeah. I, was, I was pretty harsh. So she turned the light off. I tell she was mad, but she didn't say anything back. So I waited about five minutes. And I thought, I shouldn't have. That was, that was a little bit harsh. <laughs> What's wrong with me? <laughs> so I said, that was uncalled for. I shouldn't have said that. So, you know, and that was it. That was the end of the thing. And the next day I said, yeah. And she said, well, I was just surprised. You were, I said, well, I felt like you kind of were harsh on us. But she was really, what she said was, she said, well, Phyllis and Tony, they were spending the night because Phyllis had to work. She said, I was afraid y'all were going to wake them up. Mm-hmm. And so she had a good reason. But I was like, well. You know, I get it, but I, I yeah. just I snapped, and so I had to. Make well, my so pocket. you boys know once y'all climb out of the your youth, you know, y'all in your fifties. See, you know, Jace the other day told me he's fifty. Somebody said, "No, he's about fifty-two. Or something. <laughs> he's, he's older than fifty. Yeah. Is he fifty-two? The fact that you don't know is really. <laughs> yep, I just Most found out. Find he, that disturbing. He's 50, but he's 52. I kind of like it. You yeah, know? 50, it's 50. just a number. What I'm saying to y'all, by the time you hit your 70s, a lot of this kind of stuff will just fade into. It's rare, even now, for me. Let's let's take another break. We, Lisa and I, get along really well, and we spend almost all our time together. So, which for some people, well, like I guess that. what I was thinking, just where this, you know. Obviously, if you're just now listening to one of our podcasts, we had no plans to go here, but we're here. <laughs> it all started with a homeless wedding. Well, <laughs> it's just kind of fed into the. But night. I, I really feel like it's kind of like what I always say: when you when you're going to go on a trip, it doesn't matter where you're going. You know, we had that discussion a few mm-hmm. podcasts ago. It's who you're with. What's well, the same thing at the house? The people that you're with, that that's that's the house. I mean, the physical place where you gather up is is overrated. We all have different size houses, and you know, you married people that live under over overpass, but they built a house first in Christ, which you know, they're Jesus is living there, and then they made this commitment to each other. So wherever they'll be, that is our house. And I'm getting that from when Jesus said in John 14 when he said, "I'm gonna." You'll go to a place and, and prepare a place and so you can be with me. And we went through that about it's more about being with Jesus than the actual house with the many rooms. And he's like, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'll give you the Holy Spirit. And he says that in chapter 14 and 16. I will ask the Father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, which I think helps us in our marriage relationships. You know, I'm pro counseling, but I'm also pro Holy Spirit counseling mm-hmm. 
in between a couple. You are correct. And so then he gets down to verse mm, 23. And Jesus said, if anyone loves me, he'll trust me and obey my teaching. My father will love him and we will come to him and make our home with him, which I like the idea. I like the hmm yeah. moment of that, that it's more about where you're at in your daily decision process. And Jesus is giving you this visual image of we're, we're, we're together. We're, we're, this is home right, with yeah. us. And I think when that verse he said to my father's house, there are many rooms. He's referring to the idea that that is that building of that, you know, people together. And so exactly. the, the idea of heaven is people not, not so much a house, physical house. But we view it as some kind of big, huge, you know, place to live. But it's more, way more than that. It's us. It's, well, Al, you're right. That, that's where I was going with that. When he started off giving most people, when they hear 14.1, they're picturing a big some, mansion, a building. Yeah. I mean, we sing some, uh, you know, these. I got a mansion over the hilltop. They missed it. <laughs> I, I want to raise my hand when they used to sing that song. Say, <laughs> so you missed that. That's not what he was talking no. about. And because he later referred to it. I mean, do you think that's a coincidence that later on in that same chapter, John said, you know, my father will love him. We'll come to him and make our home. I just read in Hebrews 3. I mean, God doesn't live in buildings. We, we. He was saying the reason Jesus is greater, this is a relational thing. This is the home. Right. We well, remember the parable where the guy goes out and he's, Jesus said he's building more and more to store more and more wealth, but that then he dies and he's not right. And it's like, he did all that for nothing. And I think that's the idea. You can have many mansions on the hilltops on earth, but if you're not in the house, if, if God hadn't built a house in you, you miss the whole thing. Cause once you go under the ground, Somebody else gets all your mansions. That's it. I mean, you got to be in God's house, right? Or all him right. and you. Well, you just think of all those verses. I was thinking that was First Peter. Yeah. Verse uh, Peter 2 says, You come to the living stone rejected by men, but chosen by God, and precious to him. You also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering... Spiritual sacrifice is acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Right. Yep. I mean, it says it over and over and over and over. Where's yep. Where's the one in Corinthians where he said, "You're God's field, God's building"? What What does it say? Uh, I think it's First Corinthians three, because he said, "You're God's fellow workers." Of course, in that case, yeah, here it is. It's three nine. For you are God's fellow workers, God's field, God's building. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I hadn't thought of that one before. I need to use that more yeah. often. Yeah. You are the building. Yeah. And then he goes on to That's say That's a hard lesson to learn. I laid the foundation as a builder, someone else is building on it, but each one should be careful how he builds. No one can lay any foundation other than one already laid, which is right. Jesus Christ. Because he's a carpenter. Right. But he's a spiritual carpenter. Yeah. Yep. Which is pretty cool. <laughs> I, I I think I got a lesson out of this somehow or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do. A class at least. Yeah, no, that'd be good. The builder, Jesus, the builder. We don't, we don't. You're right. When we're thinking, we about never him, think. We about don't him. think about him as a builder. Which, all, I, now I know why he picked that job. I really think that. But you know, speaking of that, that shows you. You remember in the Passion when Mel Gibson made the Passion, 
I thought he did it brilliantly. He did some kind of like it was kind of early chosen because he did some like Jesus reflecting back scenes, you know, Jesus, Jim Caviezel playing Jesus. Remember he was building a table one time mm-hmm. and Mary came in and he was laughing and, and I mean, Gibson wanted to portray him as, you know, he had a 30 year life before yeah. the passion and before the ministry. And it was, I thought it was really brilliant because they, it was like, you don't think about him that way. They do that on the chosen too. He's building little, knickknacks yeah. and all when they had the kids right. there and right. he's, he was a builder he's, he's a carpenter that's right know? which is good for people to know and that's what makes all those analogies make sense when you when you read about it. let's yeah. take our last break um well let me introduce this question because we have a few listener questions and our last segment we'll start getting to it and then we'll pick it up next time because it kind of goes in with what we're talking about about being ready for the next whatever next is and somebody asked me about um First Corinthians, I mean, First Thessalonians 4, 13 through 17. And the question was, what is your interpretation about the body? And I assume he means your physical body when the Lord comes back. Yep. Because we've read this passage before. Uh, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. Meaning when someone, passes, as we say, passes away, they really don't, right? Because it's different. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him, according to the Lord's own and word. And you know he's not going to bring their bodies out of heaven because their because bodies, the bodies are, are here. Their bodies in the cemetery. Right. Their souls and spirit, he's coming back with them. Right. He's coming after the bodies. Correct. Well, what, what's his question? What's the body going to be like? Right. His, his question is, I think, is do you think that's really your body? that you reconnect with. Cause there's a lot of people that believe they call it spiritual resurrection. I mean, once me- your body's dead, it's gone. Like it's all spiritual after that, but that's almost, wrong. that's wrong. And, and, and that's why well, I wanted to discuss to me. It. It's a, I, I think you got to take uh Philippians three 20 as the guide here. And it says our citizenship is in heaven, which is a, which is a strange phrase because most people like, well, well, I'm, I'm a United States citizen. But Paul said our citizenship is in heaven, which when you read between the lines there, that's where we came from. If you believe God is real and he's the creator, you're from there. Now, he puts you here, but then it says, and we eagerly await a savior from there, Lord Jesus Christ, who by that power or who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Yeah. So I think if that's the standard, I think first John three says the same thing. Right. We'll, we'll, he'll change us and make us like him. So, so look at what was he like? Well, Acts 1, so that's post-resurrection, Acts 1. When Jesus levitated, which I think we all agree, he was just doing that for effect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did he have to do it? No. It, is he and smart. he wanted to create the space for Marvel years later to write about Superman. Because, well, right. again, once again... <laughs> Everything comes from the Bible. So we've already have a levitating Superman. He was called Jesus. Well, you to know? me, it's like he could say, I mean, just because I don't have to do this don't mean I can't. 
I mean, <laughs> I really think that. I mean, I think he's trying to relate to us that glorified bodies are going to be pretty cool. Well, that, that <laughs> it was a description of a glorified body That's right. because we're bound. This is what I think. I could be wrong, but we're bound by gravity. I mean, we that's probably at the top of the list. That's why we don't we get a little nervous of heights or whatever. But Jesus is like, okay, your new body is not bound by these laws because he levitated. Yeah. So what else could he be telling? Well, Smith us? Smith used to have a little phrase that was really great for this. He said, "The body is changed, but not exchanged." Because that's, that's where people get the idea that somehow mm-hmm. it's not our body. But remember, we're body, soul, and spirit. But it, but it also said, just to finish my thought, Al, for you finish yours, he's somewhere in there it says, this same Jesus. Uh, where is that at? Right, you tell me your point and I'll find it. Okay. So I was going to read 1 Corinthians 15 because he's talking about the body. And he says, so will be with the resurrection of the dead, the body that is sown is perishable, it, the body, is raised imperishable. So see, you're not exchanging. It's the same body. Yeah. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It, the body, is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. That doesn't mean spirit. That means a body spiritually now that's, charged. That's why you got uh, two texts, 2 Peter 1. Let me, let me, I found this, and then you go, Phil. Uh, it was Acts one eleven. He it says this same Jesus who has been taking taken from you into heaven, which that's why I read the Philippians three. Right. We were waiting a savior there. Well, it's not some other different form of Jesus, and they recognized him. Now he could disguise himself where they couldn't recognize him, but they also looked at him. And he remember when he told Thomas, "No, oh, look, look yeah. here, put your hand." It was, it was a, it was a body. It was flesh. Yep. Plus, uh, I think it's right to refresh you as long as I live in the tent, T E N T, of his body, of this body. So Peter is saying, I'm living in a temporary housing. It's a tent because I know that I will soon put it aside. I fix it. Leave the tent. Uh, uh, as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. Remember John, the last few words that were spoken, Jesus told Peter, you're going to have a tough death, you know, to glorify me. You're going to go through a tough deal. So Jesus had already told him, you're going to have a rough day when you leave the tent of your body. As the Lord Jesus made clear to me, I make every effort, I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. Will you tie that with the text you mentioned on the 1 Thessalonians 4, 11, 12, and 13 there? You tie that together and you say, we live in these temporary tents, but there's a, and you said it about the Corinthian letter, there's a body coming. I mean, that will will blow your mind as far as it's sown in dishonor, it's raised in honor. You say, that body. So when Jesus returns, he's bringing the souls and spirits of the dead. Their bodies are in the ground. Something happens to 
they are resurrected before it happens to the ones who are uh, alive at the time. That's right. We'll be changed on the spot. The Corinthian letter covers that in yep. a flash. Twinkling of an eye. The twinkling of an eye. These bodies will be changed after the resurrection of the dead. In other words, why come back at all if you could, if you could be there because you don't have your body? Right. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5 is a good place to go. And the Apostle Paul says the same thing. You, you actually are better off being with the Lord right now than living down here in these bodies. That's right. Mainly because you know you made it. Right. Now, it may be just your soul and spirit and your body's in a cemetery, but you know you made it. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, uh, a strong belief that whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Right. So <clears throat> when, it has to mean something with your body or without it. You're still alive. Jesus takes it one step further. John quotes him in John 5 saying that all men will rise to face judgment. So even the lost will face judgment that is in, correct. in the body. There'll be a resurrection. There'll be a resurrection, but their, the, their body won't be changed. That's correct. So it's really interesting when you think about that moment. About, but the people misunderstand in 1 Corinthians 15, I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. They've taken that one statement. They said, well, you can't have a body. But he said, nor does the perishable inherit the empire. He's saying as we are without Christ and without well, the Holy Spirit, we, we have. there's no way we can be right. That's what it, he said. But I think, it, I think people who say that, and I've had discussions with those people, they miss what he said in Luke 24 in verse 37 when he appeared to his disciples they were startled frightened thinking they saw a ghost and he said well why are you troubled why do doubts rise in your minds i mean just think about this next statement look at my hands and my feet it is i myself touch me and see a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see i have mm -hmm. he had a body back we're gonna be like his body that's right now, was it a souped-up version? Yes. He's defying gravity. He's walking through walls. He's disfiguring himself. He's changing his appearance. All of this is cool. Not bad. That's right. I, I want one of these bodies. That's right. You're <laughs> going to get one, Jay. So, 2 Corinthians 5, 9, so we make it our goal. So what do you do? To please him. Check this out. Whether we're at home in the body before you physically die, are away from it. After you die, your soul and spirit goes on. That's the ones Jesus is going to bring back with him. So yeah, Correct. But, Phil, I thought just when we started this podcast off, visualizing the homeless living in tents, it's not it, – it, it's, a, it's a pretty good reflection for us how to view our body. Because a lot of people, you know, they work out and it's good to be in shape and all this, but you have to come to grips that you're in a tent. Yep. Now you might think it's a mansion, but it's a tent. And and and, and no matter how much exercise you take, most people don't make it to a hundred. Exactly. I don't care whether they jump through the hoops, skinny, watched everything, they ate vitamin D. I don't. All right. So I mean, <laughs> that's why I think that Hebrews three. Most of us go before hundred. A few he, make. Would it. you say, Dad? You, the, if you're healthy your whole life, you'll just die healthy. That's, yeah. that's not. A well, bad. Hebrews three. If you're housing Jesus Christ Himself, now that's the house 
And which is interesting, that takes us full circle because when you mention Moses, they started out living in tents when they were out there with that tabernacle. Temporary. We're talking about something permanent. So good stuff. We're out of time. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.